GoBirds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you. And obviously, we're going to be talking about an Eagles team that is in the playoff race today. A lot to get into. But I I think most importantly, Elliot, we've teased it. We've mentioned that we have a a big show announcement, an announcement that will generally affect the show and really affect our lives a lot more than the show. Yes. Um, But we can officially announce it, right? We're good? We could say it? Go for it. Elliot Short Parks is now my neighbor. Uh, literally, like less than a minute away from my house. I like know. it is. It, I always. I have a buddy who lives like a. It is like a four minute uh, away walk, and I'm like, oh, it's like two minutes away, but it's really like four minutes away. You're actually less than a minute door to door. It's it's, un- it's unbelievable. So I'm back in the city. It's so funny. I'm so like, excited. Yes. The whole process has, of buying a uh, buying and selling a house has been so crazy and I've wanted to like bring it up on the pod so many times to talk about it. Cause I've had so I've had so many like observations and takes about the whole process, but I didn't want to like jinx it or ruin it or whatever. But I remember when we first started, we were in the studio. Um, me and Kristen were looking for a house and I showed you the house. I was like, oh we're gonna like look at this one. And you're like, that's literally around the corner from me. <laughs> Cause I had no idea. Like I I knew generally where you lived. I'd only been to your house a few times, but like I, I had terrible at directions too. So I was like, pretty wild. And now here we are. Literally, <laughs> I was outside a few days ago fixing my doorbell and you were walking down the street. You're damn right. Walking my dogs. I was like, hey, what up, buddy? It is so great. So, like, it is the best thing that's happened to me this year. I'm so excited. 
Well, the whole home buying process is just so wild. And obviously, we're going to get into the Eagles, but I need to I need to vent. Not vent, but just give yeah, some, you had some a lot, general a lot of stuff bottled up. I mean, it's, it's like exactly, an yes. unleashing of the tanks. that's why. Yes, yes. But like— Ellie was very big. Thing. Just so you know, Ellie was very big on non-drinks. Like, that was the whole thing. Yes. Elliot's like, I cannot talk about this until it's done. Like, flat out. And I, exactly. I Didn't respected want to your it. wishes, and, and here we are. Yeah, so moving from the suburbs out in Westchester back into the city, rare move at my age, 34. A lot of people are moving out of the city into the suburbs. But we're doing the reverse. Felt like it was a good time to capitalize on the the worth of the house we owned in the suburbs and then buy low in the city. Honestly, I shouldn't say low because it it was, you know, (laughs) yeah, the the, the payment's gone up. But like, um, yeah, so it's just, it's exciting. And like the whole home buying process is so wild. Like it's so crazy to think how many things have to go right throughout this whole process to make it happen. Like the appraisal, the inspection, like all well, these things. Especially you specifically in the situation of selling one house and buying the other. It's like yes. cuz like Ellie Emily and I went from renting to buying and that alone there's all that stuff involved. You had the double of needing two sales to go through essentially. Well, and the craziest part is, and I'm sure people listening here to the pod have either purchased a house or in the process of it or have not done it before. Like, it's literally the your life just out in the hands of somebody else. Like, the people that were buying our house could have changed their mind at any minute, in theory. The people that we were buying the house from could have, like, you know, changed their mind. So, like, for the final three or four weeks before we moved, I was saying to you, like, yeah, I'm either moving or a week or I'm not. <laughs> like, it was just wild. Like, I was, like, planning the movers, like, doing all these things. Like, yeah, but it might not happen. Like, even the day we moved, I said to you, I was like, yeah, I think it's happening. But, like, the moving truck was on the way. I was like, I was so like you're, just... you're going to the house, right? Like, what is happening? Well, I always tell people, like, the, the thing about buying a house is it's literally not done until it's done. Like, yeah. it could fall apart at any moment. And, like, now that it's done, I'm super happy. Obviously, having you as a neighbor is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got to do some like pods together, like actually in the same room. Yeah, at we've one point, walked we can home figure together from from work together already. It's, it's I know lovely. we walked home from work one day. Yeah, so you came and you saw the house. So um, yeah, it's crazy. It's just uh, it's a big life move. And uh, I like I said, I felt bad not talking about it on the pod for the last few weeks. Some people are probably listening. Like we don't care, but <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're a real one, you care about these things. And so it's been a. Uh, a wild few, uh, wild few weeks slash slash months, and yeah, I'm excited to be back in the city. I lived in the city pretty pretty much my whole life. Moved out there because I shouldn't say because of Kristen. I wanted to move out there with Kristen, and now we're back. So it's uh it's exciting times. It's so I'm like exciting. a five minute drive to the stadium. I know. I can well, see that's the I know that that. I mean, you literally are at the stadium every day. I mean, it's such a big life change for you. And the other place you work, the, the studios. Also in the city, I yes. mean, just for you, perspective-wise, it is such a massive ease of life type of thing that's just awesome. And selfishly for me, one of my best friends lives less than a minute Boom. away from me. I mean, it's so cool. It's a win-win-win. It really is. So, and I'm sure it will lead to content. I'm sure we'll be talking about stuff. So, um, everyone here is really a winner. I don't have to worry about rain anymore. In theory, knock ah, on wood. Look at you. Oh. It's much better. It's much, like, and also where we live too. Like you know, with the floods and all that in the city, totally fine. We had zero oh, issues. Like what nothing. I love to hear. Nothing. Well, so. it, it's funny. One of the people I follow on Weather Twitter that like really, really updates in terms of like what what's going to happen, how much rain, inches, wind, all that stuff. 
just tweeted this week that he like moved and he's not gonna be doing Philly as much. And I'm like, what a cyclical, like <laughs> God telling me type of thing. This was good. This is the right move. It's a just another sign. I love it. Yes. All right. So uh, good times all around in Philadelphia yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm really like, excited. Seems like it's been a good week uh, for for you know people in Philly. It's good. I, I'm 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 really happy about it. I'm sure we'll have more to yes. say about it as we move forward. All right, let's let's talk about the other really good thing in Philly because because I you know the thing that keeps going through my head, Elliot, is the Eagles are fun again. Like mm-hmm. after after as long as we went, and it feels like it was six years. It was really like two years. But it's just been so depressing. Everything about this team, the whole Carson, like Carson Wentz becoming the worst quarterback in football, the Carson Wentz saga, the Peterson end of Peterson era, like just watching the Super Bowl team kind of devolve into this 4-11-1 disaster that we had last season, the hate, the animosity, all this stuff. And and to be sitting here after, again, a 3-6 and six start at which both of us were sitting here saying, Probably not the quarterback. Probably not that coach. Probably not the defensive coordinator. We need to start all yeah, over. Two lost, and five. Lost two. season. Lost season, man. And now we're sitting here, like legitimately talking playoffs. I'll get the hurts in a sec, but but just a couple days out from that game on Sunday, the dominant performance against New Orleans. Uh, how you feeling? Because I know you're pretty juiced after the game. I'm pretty juiced, and and I'm still juiced. So how you feeling about mm-hmm. the birds before we dive into hurts? Yeah, I mean, winning cures all, right? Like uh, Nick Sirianni's giving a press conference and he's comparing a block Jason Kelsey made to like Bobby Boy or something like that out of Varsity Billy Blues. Bob. I've never seen Varsity Billy Blues. Bob. So. Yeah, Billy Bob, yeah. And it's just, you know, when they're losing and he says the flower analogy, everyone's ready to fire him. They're winning and he brings up a high school movie and, you know, it's like, oh, he's got personality again, you know? So, um, yeah, I just think like, look, I, I hate when people on Twitter say this, But I just think it's so true. Like the vibes around the team are so good right now. Just like being, and I know I'm not in the locker room, but being and seeing how they're interacting with each other, watching how they interact with each other out on the field during the game, how the sideline looks like, you know, their, their sideline was just way more animated than the Saints sideline. Like they're just, they're in a really, really good place right now. And that doesn't mean a month from now it couldn't change, but to get to this place after what they were following to your point, that Raiders loss, like. It's 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 just fun again. Like people are happy on Twitter. The callers are happy. Like your your show on the show you do with uh, Jody Cameron and John Ritchie. I was listening on Monday morning. The first caller compared Jalen Hurts to Tom Brady. The second one said he thinks Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. So like, and that that's the fun part of this, you know? Like yeah, look, Jalen Hurts probably not Tom Brady. He's a better runner. So you know that's one difference. But uh, and the Eagles probably aren't going to the Super Bowl. But who knows? So it's like it's just fun. Just to, the uh, NFC Championship game. Come on, guys, let's keep it real. Yeah, yeah. And I think like too, you know, that's one thing I've learned like covering this team for a while. Like I know as you know, like a quote unquote, like reporter, like, you know, analyst, whatever you want to call it. Like, you're not supposed to care if they win or not. But we talked about this prior to week one. Like, it's just more fun when they're winning. It's more fun for everybody involved. Like, no one likes fighting about Howie Roseman. No one likes, you know, going over all the missed draft picks. Like, it's just a more enjoyable experience when you're able to be like, you know, Dickerson guy, like Kenny Gainwell, look at my lotta. Like, who? it's just, it's more fun when they win. And they're winning right now. And it's not just that they're winning right now. They're a likable team. Like Jalen Hurts is a likable guy. Nick Sirianni, when he's winning, obviously, he's a, you know, like a very uh, magnetic personality, right? Like Devontae Smith has been exciting. So it's just, uh, it's just a, it's a fun time to be covering the team. And look, we'll talk about the Giants, but 
it could not be more polar opposite of what's going on with the Giants. And when you think about how these two seasons kind of began, the Giants were being discussed as like, oh, maybe they'll win the division. And the Eagles were, oh, they'll, you know, they'll probably be in fourth place slash like number one pick type status. And look at the difference between the two. So I think overall fans should be really excited about where the team is at. And I think they should feel good about the direction of the team, which is definitely not something I would have said. And I've been more optimistic than most, but definitely not something I would have said a month ago. Yeah, no, I, I obviously I wouldn't have said it either. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, set on the long term like this team is set for the next five years yet. But I'm certainly in the moment like the way they're winning is sustainable and you can see it and they have an identity. And look, to your point about that, and I think, you know, their identity right now is is the best running team in football. It's the best run blocking line in football. It's beating guys up. Um, but Nick Sirianni finally, you know, was asked earlier in the season about identity, had a horrible answer, didn't really have an answer, all that, but talked right. about it again this week and talked about how he thinks the identity is what you just talked about, the, the connectivity between the team, the fact that they really like each other, the fact that it's a cohesive group. And look, I think that matters. You know, I've always thought that matters. We've talked that, about, you know, I've, I've said that a million times on this pod that that I think that that kind of stuff does matter. You know, I think that caring about the guy next to you matters. I think, you know, working hard for someone else matters. You know, caring about everyone on the field, working together, all that stuff all matters. I, I really believe it matters in well, this sport. So, you know, I, I think I I appreciate it. And and I don't know it, if it's, you know, again, it's one of those things where you you saw them lose and they, they stayed together and that makes you think that it's, more sustainable than just, oh, they're winning now and everyone's happy type of thing. And I think it matters especially coming out of what they were in, right? Like the fact that it was so ugly, the fact that, you know, people were really mad at Sirianni, the fact that, you know, look, when Gardner Minshew, when they traded Joe Flacco and I landed from, uh, I guess it was Vegas probably, right? And I was like, oh, well, that's that. Like they're getting ready to put in Gardner. Like that feels like forever ago. So I think the fact that it didn't start off hot right away because like, you know, two things teams have to do is they learn how to they have to learn how to get through adversity and they have to learn how to become consistent. The Eagles have shown they can get through adversity. Like Nick Sirianni has shown that they can he can lead his way through adversity. And like the next time there is adversity, it'll be easier for this team because they will have been through it. They will have known that they can do it. They will have a better connection with Sirianni and all those things. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was ugly, right? And uh, but now that they've made their way out of it, I think it's uh, it's that much more rewarding. To, to watch this team play. And look, you, you said you don't know if they're set up for five years, and, and nobody knows, right? Because five years ago, we would have never guessed that they were going to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and then fire Doug and trade Carson, right? Like, that was five years ago. Like, none of that had happened before. So five years is an eternity in the NFL. But I think that you can feel good that, like, wherever this season ends up, I think going into next season, there will be legitimate reason to think, okay, the Eagles can compete for the division. And I, I know that's looking ahead, and you know, we'll have those talks obviously a lot. But like they've shown enough this year where they have to add this offseason, but they're not a team that like is going to take two or three years to rebuild. Like I, I think they can be competitive, like seriously competitive for the division next year, even if the Cowboys are good. So I, I think that's been one positive of this last month of football. Yeah, well, it's a question of how you look at windows. And and it's the idea that, look, if and we're going to get into Hurts in just a sec, but but I think we could both agree Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback next year, I think very likely at the, at the least. And, you know, that's a without Carson Wentz's contract on the books anymore, all of a sudden you've got a quarterback on a, a rookie deal, a second-round deal, a cheap-ass quarterback, yes. and you can build around him. And then maybe you got a nice little two-year window and, and you figure it out from there and whatever. It, it is an interesting thought, and we will get into those conversations 
more. Well, let me ask you about the window thing really quick. Cause I think that's an important discussion right now with the team and kind of leading into Jalen hurts. Like in your mind, like what is a window in the NFL? Like, is it like, is your franchise guy? Like, you know, what do you have to see from him to know that he's that guy? Like I'm, it's a bit of a vague question, but I think you probably know what I'm getting at. Like how, how do you define like a window in the NFL in terms of, you know, win now, those type of things. Like where would you put the Eagles are at? How far in advance do you think you should really look in the NFL when you're talking about confidence in a team or building? Like I, I don't think there's a, a vague uh, question. Yeah. But. Well, I don't, just don't think there's a specific answer. I think it's all relative. Like if you're just if you have Justin Herbert, you're saying, all right, our windows the next 15 years with this guy. And, and it probably won't play out that way. As we've seen, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. I mean, there's so many guys who are where you go into that saying, all right, this is our guy for the next 10 years. So I think it's it's hard to answer that because teams look at windows differently. I think from a roster perspective, and Hertz is the key to it, and we'll get into him in a sec, that I want to discuss how he plays in this because he is ultimately the biggest factor in this. But I do think from a roster perspective, it has a lot to do with cap space. It has a lot to do with how your roster is built and how you can fill it out from there. And and if the, the guys, like what we're seeing right now, if this is sustainable moving forward in terms of you know the running game and this type of offense and Jalen Hurts, then I think once you get Carson's contract off the books and move into next offseason, it's about adding to the roster, and you can do that in, a, in an interesting way and add legitimate pieces to the roster and, and maybe take a step forward. I, I still don't think they're a Super Bowl team next year or the year after or whatever. I don't see that yet. But I do think that they absolutely could be a playoff. I mean, they could be a playoff team this year, right now. Like, yeah. that that's possible. So, I don't know. It's hard to kind of parse it. I think it all comes back to Hurts. Let's talk about Hurts because I do think that it's hard to – talk about windows, talk about the future, all that, unless you kind of have that one position settled. And that's the question. Like, how settled is the position? The, the, is Jalen Hurts the franchise quarterback thing has been the topic of the week so far. And I, I look, you know how I feel. We've said this many times, and I'm, I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts. I'm also a believer that he's 23 years old, and I think he's going to get better. And, and I just... It's one of those things where I think you've had a really great take on this the whole time of, yeah, we're going to talk about it and all that, but like, you don't need to put it on Jalen yet. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be the franchise guy yet. Let's kind of just play this forward a little bit, give him a chance to keep growing, keep learning. That's what I wanted to begin with this whole season. I was like, just give him a year to, to figure things out. To like, he's again, I know I say this all the time, and I double checked it, Elliot, since the last pod. Jalen Hurts is still younger than when Carson Wentz started his first game as an Eagle ever. His That's first crazy. game, it's insane. <laughs> So I think like the the nature of the NFL over the last few years, now quickly teams go through these quarterbacks and decide that guys are are or not the guy kind of um, colors the way we talk about it. But I, look, I think right now where I'm at with Jalen Hurts is I'm super happy this guy's the Eagles quarterback, and I think that not yet he's not yet a top ten guy or whatever, but he absolutely has that potential, and I think it's crazy to say he doesn't when we've seen how much he's already improved, how young he is, the type of work he is, the type of attitude he has. I just think that we don't have to label him as it yet. But do I think that Jalen Hurts can be the Eagles franchise quarterback? You're damn right, I do. Like, I absolutely mm -hmm. believe this guy can become. He's not yet, and he doesn't have to be yet, but he can become the Eagles franchise quarterback. I believe that. Yeah, and to me, it just comes down to, like, because I was listening to, uh, you know, you, Joe, and, and Richie talk about this earlier, and, like, is he the franchise guy, right? I, I just don't even know if I can define that well enough to answer the question. So, like, do I think Jalen Hurts in seven years is going to be the Eagles quarterback? Chances are... No, right? Yeah, but but you there's can, also right. You can say it about anybody, right? That's the yeah, point. Yeah, you can say it's it like, about anybody. Yeah, so we thought Carson me, Wentz. What, if you had said that two years ago, we'd be like, 
hell yeah, Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback in seven years. You know, of course we would. Right. Like, how many quarterbacks in the league can you really point to and go, there's a really good chance there'll be this team starting quarterback in four years? Like, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Not many I more. Kyler, Burrow, Kyler like, Murray, right? but that's, a, you know, Kyler injury Murray, concerns right. and stuff. But there are not many. Burrow is a great one, but not a ton. You're right. Right. So, like, the bar of saying if he's a franchise quarterback is so high. Like, it, again, I think this is what I've kind of really come to realize about the Jalen Hurts discussion. We're setting the bar so high from him and then viewing it as a failure if he doesn't reach it. So, like, do I think he's the franchise guy that he'll be here for seven years? No, I don't think I've seen enough from him yet where I can say I would feel confident, like, committing to him on, like, a five-year deal, right? Like, and you don't have to. They don't have to pay him until after next year. So it doesn't matter. But if he was a free agent this offseason, would I hand him a max-level deal? Like, I'd be worried to do that. But on the flip side, I do think he'll improve. I do think he's good enough to win with right now. And I think going into next year, there's a real chance he takes like a massive leap from where he is now to to what he could be as a starter next year. I do think he'll take a massive leap. So like I'm confident he'll become it. I'm confident that there's a good chance he'll like get a second deal from the Eagles. But I'm also mostly just saying like when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I think he gives him a chance to win next week. I think he gives him a chance to win next year. And then anything beyond that, you just figure out at that point. But a month ago, I would have said, like, you know, I kind of want to see Gardner Minshew in there. I kind of, you know, maybe if – and I don't even like Kirk Cousins. But, like, if Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan's available, like, maybe that's somebody you bring in for next year. Like, a month ago, I had definitely, like, you know, roller coastered, you know, kind of down, right, on Jalen. I, I was like, he's just not good enough. Like, my, he wasn't passing my eye test, right? But he's, he's improved over the last month, and he's played better. And I think that I was probably underestimating – how much the lack of a running game was hurting him. Like I knew they needed more of a running game. I was always saying they need to run it more, but there's no denying that with a more balanced attack, he's a way better quarterback. So where I'm at with Jalen is I have no interest in looking for another quarterback. I would not draft one. I would not trade for one. Like I I am not looking to replace Jalen. If I'm the Eagles, I'm looking elsewhere. I'm spending my time scouting linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties. Like that's where pass rushers, like big, big receivers. I'm not wasting my time on quarterback. Would I never, would I say that I would never upgrade from Jalen or I, I wouldn't, you know, if I had the opportunity to acquire like whoever, like, you know, Justin Herbert or someone like that? Yeah, of course, I would be interested in that. But I don't want to trade for Deshaun Watson. I'm not interested in trading for Russell Wilson, despite the fact he's really good. I just don't want to pay the draft capital. So I, I'm committed to Jalen if I'm the Eagles. But, you know, this isn't a, a thing where I, I'm like committing seven years to him. But I think for the next year, year and a half, like I feel very confident if I'm the Eagles with Jalen as my quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm like, right, was same same thing. And, and you know, I didn't doubt him as much during the season. And, and regard like so I've never kind of been out on Hurts, but I'm, I'm even more in than, I, than I've ever been. Like I, I don't again, like all you can ask from this kid, he's 23 years old is to show you improvement to show cuz we all know that physically athletically the sky's the limit. We I mean that's clear. It's yeah. obvious that for me the guy physically can obviously be a top quarterback in the NFL. It's a question. I mean Shane Steichen else. said the run he had best run he's ever seen in person by a quarterback. Was the best run he's ever seen in person. Yeah. By a quarterback. I mean that's that's an insane thing to say from someone who's been around the game as long as Shane Steichen is and it's it's wild. So I I'm I'm so with you and again if you're going to also, all you can do in these spots is is look at the guy and say, all right, is that a guy I want to bet on, right? Is that a guy who I yeah, would— exactly. Right? Yep. To bet on to improve, to bet on to put in the work, to put in the effort, to put in the time to get better, especially when the things that he is worst at are, are for the most part, 
mechanical stuff, you know, things like that that are, are for the most part, fixable, fixable. Like, there's no one I'd want to bet on more than this kid. Like, of course you're betting on him. Of course you believe he's going to put in the time, put in the effort that he cares, that he wants to be the greatest. I, I just, again, like all the, I think that we've gone a little too far in the, in the, the people who have kind of been anti-Hertz or whatever have almost gone too far in the, oh, all he's got is the intangibles and, because that's ridiculous. Obviously, he has more than that, but also right. it underplays how important the intangibles I agree with are. Yeah. You know, you've heard me talk about. We've talked to each other for a long time on this podcast. You know that I've always been an above the shoulders guy when it comes to quarterback. Like I think it is as important as the physical stuff, if not more. And he's got well, all of it in spades. And we underrate. We talk about oh the way he talks, the way he handles stuff, but it's also what how he gets guys to believe in him. Like the fact that he is someone who walks on the field and guys want to fight for him, guys want to play for him, guys believe in him because they believe he's going to work as hard as they will. I, I just. I'm really, I think people, the people who who still doubt this kid, like, it, again, you don't have to sign him to a long-term extension. You don't have to say he's the franchise quarterback, but I think you need to give him more of a chance than you're giving. Well, what's interesting about the intangible thing is I agree with you that people focus on it so much that it, uh, it like, overrides un- unfairly sometimes his actual talent. But then when I say that, I think I'm kind of undervaluing the intangibles because to your point, like, you know, people hate when we compare him to Carson, but Carson was the last guy. So just like get over it. That's who he's going to be compared to. <laughs> well right? said. Well said. Yeah. Like just get over it. So, but like with Carson, my thing was never, you know, oh, he's not talented. Like he clearly has talent, but there was just something that like wasn't working with Carson. Right. And I think you see it in India a little bit too. Like in Indy, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor's carrying that team. Like you, you look at some of these touchdowns and whatever. I'm not trying to diminish Carson. The point I'm making is with Jalen. It just feels like it works. You know, like there's just something. And like, I was thinking about that this week, how, you know, you hear him talk about how like Peyton Manning and stuff still like sends him clips and they still talk. Right. And I think there's something to be said for like, who wants to surround themselves with Jalen? Like you look at like Nick Saban. I know he benched him for the one game, but like Nick Saban recruited him and made him the starter. Uh, Lincoln Riley really wanted him. You look at all the people he works with in the offseason, right? His agent that he has is like a high-powered agent that has like elite, elite level players, right? Peyton Manning's talking to him. Again, like I just feel like people in the football world like respect Jalen. And look, he has to improve in some ways. And we're really like gassing him up right now. But it's fun, so we'll keep doing it. But, but, yeah, like, but you are right. Like we're not saying that he is not he does not still have flaws. He clearly does. Like we have talked about the arm and the accuracy and things many times. That's still there. The the pocket presence, the Staying in the pocket, the processing, we he's still not where he needs to be, but go on. Well, I was just saying, I, I think it's telling of what he is as a talent and as a person that these people surround themselves with him. Like, I think that's like a, a positive sign for how people in the football world view him, that people feel like investing in him and talking to him and, you know, just those type of things. Like Malcolm Jenkins c- comes up to him after the game last year. It's like, you know, like you're built for this city, right? Kind of, and that... You know, he then is. he says something he nice is. to him again after this game. Like, I think those things matter when you're just talking about like leadership and respect and those type of things. Like it felt forced with Carson. It was kind of like, oh, he's the captain because he's the quarterback, right? But like Jalen's the captain because Jalen's one of the captains of the team. No. You know, like Miles Sanders was talking about how him and Jalen have a good relationship and him and Jalen have talk a lot. Like they text and stuff. And they talked about how like, you know, kind of 
in I don't want to misphrase Miles here, but like misquote Miles, but essentially saying like Jalen, you're the leader of the team. Like you should tell Nick we we want to run the ball more. And like Jalen kind of took that upon himself to like try to make that happen, right? Like I, I think I think that stuff matters, you know. Like the the players believe in him, and that that you look at Carson can make throws, Jalen can't, right? Like he just can't. Like Jalen probably can't make that throw to Miles Sanders that Wentz made against Washington, right? But there's a lot of things Jalen can do that Carson can't do either. And I think ultimately I'll bet on those things instead of uh, instead of you know a, a great arm or whatever Carson has. Yeah, those things are more important to me. That's for sure. And I, I've said it many times. And I think you made a great point in there that that you know I I do I do think needs to be reemphasized because you know it it does matter that Jalen is perfect for Philadelphia because we just saw like I don't know if the Carson Wentz thing happens in every city like if the way that plays out in Indy like. I don't know if the the same thing happens where he forces his way out and he feels like he can't come back here and he has to leave and stuff. Like, we're tough, man. Like, it's okay. We we relish it. We are a tough city, and we, we don't just let you get by. Like, you have to earn it with us. And whether or not it's right or wrong, whether people should be built for this city or not, it is what it is. We are who right. we are, and Jalen Hurts is built for this city. Like, that matters. Like, again, yes, you have to be able to, to succeed on the football field and all that stuff, but but adding to all the stuff we've talked about, I do think it matters that this kid is is perfectly built for this specific city. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So um, the one of the last things I want to say about Jalen is, so last year after his start against the Cardinals, where they didn't win that game, but I remember we both was kind of awesome. walked away saying, like, yeah, he was look, awesome. this guy is legit, right? Like, he clearly has talent. I ranked the quarterbacks in the NFL that I would take, like if I was starting a team with, right? So I went back uh, yesterday and I looked at it because I did a Nick Sirianni list, which I know you probably want to get into a little bit. Hmm. Um, here's the guys I put ahead of Jalen and tell me if you agree. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, obviously a complicated situation now, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Those are the 10 quarterbacks that if I was like starting a team today, I would take over him. Now I wouldn't take Deshaun Watson. I probably wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers just because he's older. But I think the rest of them I probably would. Curious where you fall on that. I, Russell Wilson, I guess not too because of his no, age. No, but I think I probably Russell Wilson's still young enough where I think you probably have to take him right now. But it, it's we're talking one to one, not uh, Jalen Hurts and three, three first, first round. exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, I think you still, I think it's fair to to say you have to take Wilson out of him. I think we need more from Hurts, but but and I agree with you on Roger. Look, I think you know if you're going to tell me Rogers plays four or five more years, you could make the argument he's worth taking two, or even three years. Yeah, I mean. but but I get it. Um, I'm looking through the teams right now. I, I definitely don't disagree with any of the names you said. I'm looking through right now. I, I think you know that you couldn't. Here's some of the names I had under. If you want to hear those, I that do. Might be an oh, the one name, the one name that wouldn't have been on the list yet. I think. I think I would take Mac Jones over him. It's close, but I've been, I wouldn't. I've it's really close, but I, I, I would. Mac. I'm not there. I yet, probably no. would, but but otherwise, I don't think I'd take any of the other rookies this year over him. Um, I mean, Mac Jones is good, but like Mac Jones' ability is, to run. Mac Jones is is legit. Like the Mac kid, Jones is very good. I'm not disagreeing, like but I, I so think good. like for me, like oh, for me personally, a requirement of a quarterback I have is to run. No, like flat out. I just need, Mac Jones I just is need very them good, to be I'm able to move. But, I just need them to be able to move. I mean, look, you're you, you're the Tom Brady guy. Like Brady can't run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady. Like I don't. No, you know, it's kind of like your your Patriots. But, role, but, where, like, I, but again, but what is that? Hold up, though. But I mean, the point is, we've seen Peyton Manning couldn't run. Tom Brady couldn't run. Drew Brees couldn't run. I mean, we've seen some of the greats of all time not be able to run. I, I don't think that has to be a requisite. 
Yeah, I just think the game's changing. I, I mean, these guys were great recently. How much has the game changed? Tom well, Brady's, Tom Brady's great Drew, right Drew now. Brees hasn't been good. Tom Brady's great right now. What are we yeah, talking Tom, about? But again, like, again, it's, it's about to your point about we talk about Bill Belichick. I, I it's look, like, it, it, I, I mean, like, but honestly, I mean, think about it. How many have won the Super Bowl? I mean, I think that, I think you're going a little far with this. I don't, I don't disagree that I would prefer it, but I don't think it has to be a requisite. It's, you can't have someone who can't move in the pocket, can't get away from pressure. I don't need someone who can run like a, the, the wind, you know? I, well, I, but what I'm saying is, and I, I'm not even completely disagreeing with you, but like Mac Jones to me is not a good enough talent where I'm willing to give up the running. Like I like Mac Jones and all those things. You're higher on him than I am right now. I, I would take a, po- a pocket passer. I'm just saying if it's between Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. I mean, like, I think if they J- did Hurts- that draft again, Mac Jones is the first pick in the draft. I agree. Yeah. I so, I, so you're saying if they did that draft, you would take Jalen Hurts as the first pick in that draft. Well, they're not in the same draft, but like, right, but but that's the point you're saying. That's essentially yeah, so, what you're saying. Yes, I, yes. If if those if like last year's quarterbacks and then Jalen Hurts were in there, my order would personally would be Jalen, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Oh, see, I would go Mac one, Jalen two, Trevor Lawrence three, Justin Fields four. I'm not big on Trevor, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it's still too early. I mean, I Trevor's closer to Mac than he is to Fields for me. I don't know, and well, I like and I like Fields situation. too. I like Fields too. I, I just and again, I, I I think Hurts. I just think Hurts is really good. I just think it's you. You could argue, and again, these are it's hard to pick with these young guys because they're young and they're on. You know, it's the same type of situation as Hurts. Right. But I would take Mac if I had to. I would take Mac Jones. Before. Yeah, and I I'm not both. down on Mac. I'm just like, I, I would go Jalen, but I think it's close. Like it's definitely close. All right. So who else did you have behind? So then I had Matthew Stafford, who is better probably, but like again, oh, he's a little better. Older, he's better. Closer. You gotta say he's right. better right now. I mean, yeah, he's better. So I had Jared Goff, which I ranked him too high. Clearly he sucks. Uh Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady because of the age, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Tua, and then at this point they're all just Yeah, Stafford. I would probably I think you have to put Stafford ahead of him, but it's close. I can make that argument either. Yeah, because Stafford's not that old. He's only like thirty. I got a Daniel Jones take when we talk about the Jones. Okay, so we'll get to that in a sec. Um, so anyway, that you know, I think kind of long, long and short of it is, we're both really excited about Jalen Hurts. You don't have to to make any grandiose proclamations, but we're both very optimistic about his future and about the, the his chance to be the the guy here in Philly. Which again, do you want to do the Sirianni list? As we, list, or as is that we talked be about, easy? would be the best possible thing. It's a little listy. Let Let's get back to the Sirianni list uh, quickly, quickly for those again who listen to the show. You have probably already done this, but download the Park Sportsbook app. I, we've been having so much fun this season and not winning enough, but winning. No, <laughs> but, but the app is so much fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. It's safe and secure. And it's just fun to watch these games and have action on them. Whether it's basketball, whether it's football, we are both coming off winning some baseball futures. Like it's just fun. It's just fun. That That's the best pitch I can sell you on, on why the part sportsbook app is worth your time. It just makes everything so much more fun. I love to watch sports. It's way more fun when I actually care about a game between, I don't know, Tennessee and Houston. I couldn't care less. Oh, got some money on it. Go to Houston. You know, it's just, it, it well, really like, changes the way you watch these games. It's the best. And if you've ever really wanted to have an emotional roller coaster of a sport experience, like same game parlays are a very quick way to turn your five bucks into like 250. The like, best, dude. 
the yeah. best. And yeah, you can be involved. Chances are small, but it's a fun way to think you're going to do it. Yeah, and again, it's just watching these games. If you bet on, because you can bet on individual player performances, you're watching that guy. You're it's like fantasy, except you don't have to worry about all your other crappy players. You just got this one guy or or multiple guys. Yeah, in the it's same like game fantasy, play. except it's fun. Except it's great, exactly. And you can choose what you're doing on a week to week basis instead of having to you know be stuck or saddled with a team all season. Um, and again, it's just I, again, fun is the word. Just like the Eagles are fun again. Gambling on sports is fun, and the Park Sportsbooks have the way to do it. And here's the deal. If you are one of the few, listen to this show who's not signed up yet. Sign up now. Get your first bet risk-free up to $500. A $500 risk-free bet. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Your first bet risk-free is up to $500. Risk-free bet is refunded and site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Again, problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Um, we'll get to the Sirianni list in a minute. Let's start with the game coming up. And the fact that the New York Giants, sadly, have finally fired Jason Garrett. The clapper is done. Uh, yes. I'm actually disappointed. I was hoping to face a Jason Garrett offense on Sunday, Elliot. I, think, I don't think it's a huge look. I don't think it's like I'm not like, oh, God, the Eagles are going to lose now. Freddie Kitchens is calling plays. But I'd say it's like a 2% difference in terms of I think Freddie Kitchens is, is 2% better than Jason Garrett. So I started this pod saying how fun it is to cover the Eagles right now. And I mean that, but I got to be honest. There's a little part of me that wishes I was covering the Giants right now, just so I could obliterate (laughs) Joe Judge. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like what is going, all right, this is a tangent, but like in what world does Joe Judge get to point fingers at Jason Garrett? Like, bro, you're the head coach. So what? He's not responsible for the offense or the defense. So like, what, what responsibility does he have? Like, the fact that they think firing Jason Garrett, who, by the way, is a more successful coach than Joe Judge is. He is. The fact He's that a horrible think, offensive coordinator, though. He is. A, well, but yes, I agree. Look, none of them are good. But, like, at least he's shown he can, you know, somewhat win in the NFL. Like, Joe Judge is 9-20 and 20 now as a head coach. Like, and I know you don't traditionally fire a head coach in season. Like, I get all those things. But if I'm the Giants, like, I would fire Joe Judge before I would fire Jason Garrett. Like, flat out, right? See, I and, would fire both. I, I, oh, I, I don't. Too, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, look, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think Joe Judge is the ultimate culprit. But Jason Garrett was awful. Like, he deserved to be fired. I mean, Kenny Galladay had one catch last night. Like, Kenny Galladay, they paid what 18 million a year for or whatever, and they can't. He's not even on the field at the time. They can, can't get the ball to him. They don't design anything for him. I mean, no, it is bad. I it agree. is a disastrous offense. So I agree with you. Joe Judge should be fired, but Jason Garrett is no better. Jason Garrett is just as bad at his job as Joe Judge is. Yes, and we're talking about guys that are both bad, so I'm not like going to cape for one or the other. I'm just saying if I if I had to pick one, I would pick Jason Garrett over Joe Judge. Like if I had to pick one as my head coach, I would take Jason Garrett. Ah, uh, as my head coach maybe, but if I had to pick Joe Judge as a head coach or Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, I'm just folding my team. I can't pick you. Yes, you're you're not winning. But that's like so that's my ultimate thing with the Giants. And it I don't know why for some reason it gets under my skin that Joe Judge gets to like point fingers and fire somebody else. If I'm Jason Garrett, I'm sitting in the office and be like, are you kidding me, bro? Like, you're firing me? Like, you're a disaster of a head coach, and I'm the one that's taking the fall for this? I mean, it's not surprising, though. I mean, that's what coaches do. I think basically this was like, hey, we'll fire you if you don't fire Garrett, probably. Right, right. I just, I don't know. I I love the indignance from you. I love this. I love you being like uh, earmuffs. One, two, three. Fucking Joe Judge doesn't get to choose his own fate. Seriously, like None that's my this. biggest takeaway. 
I love I'm like it. texting all my friends that cover the Giants, and they're probably like, "Bro, stop talking to me about this." Like, <laughs> I, I just like it, for some reason, I'm like, "What? Like, what is going on?" And I think what aggravates me the most about this is Joe Judge does the whole like holier than thou thing last year when the Eagles sat their starters oh, and they do like the yeah, you know like I'm never gonna do that like blah 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 like Joe like if you would just be an irrelevant bad head coach like I wouldn't really care. But the fact that you tried to act like holier than thou and you do the whole like tough thing in training camp and like, oh, wow, look, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, you're a trash head coach. Like it, he is if he like, dude, if he was Eagles head coach, I would I would write every single day they should fire him. Like, I think the Giants are not going to win a single thing with him as head coach. They might beat the Eagles this week because it's one game. Like, who knows? But ultimately, they are never going to win with Joe Judge as the head coach. And I think Eagles fans who have felt like, you know, down about Sirianni or like the team's a disaster and all that. Like it could be way worse. Like go 90 miles up the turnpike. The giants are like a real disaster. They're going to win double digit games for the fifth year in a row. Lose, this lose season. double digit games. Yes, I agree. You yes, said lose, win. Yes, yes. Not win. Yeah. And they have the worst record in football over the last five years. I think they're like 20 and 51 or something like that. Yeah, 21 and 53. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you and I have been very consistent on this. Even me, even in my, my, uh, darkest of hating Howie days, I never said he was worse than David Gettleman because I couldn't go there because David Gettleman is the worst general manager I've ever seen. And at no point have I ever thought Joe Judge was good. We both railed on Joe Judge. It was a horrible hire when they made it. His opening press conference, all that crap. He said, we're like, this guy's a loser, like a flat-out loser. And it's proven true. Like, Joe Judge is a loser. Jason Garrett's a loser. The whole thing is just Loserville, USA, it's fantastic. Keep it going. Give David Gettleman a contract extension. Don't ever let that guy out of the building. It is interesting that you brought something up, and it's a good way to segue into the game because I hadn't thought about it till you just said it, Elliot, But because it is so far removed. Like When we go back and think about all the things that have happened since, we, you know, we had Doug getting fired. We had the Carson trade. We had the Hurts. You know, there's been so many things, Sirianni, the million Sirianni things. But like, this is the first game with the Eagles and Giants since the whole tank gate thing. Like since the yeah. Giants coming out and talking crap and Joe Judge, oh, oh I would never Mr. Holier than now guy. It is there. I forgot about that angle to it. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's because the Giants are such a joke and it's hard to take them seriously in any way, shape or form. I, I totally forgot. Like Giants coming in angry, Elliot. Yeah. And look, I think that's, Look, like these, the division games late in the year are fun in the way that it allows ground to be made up and it makes them all super important. So it's not a completely flawed plan, but it it would have been fun if this was like week one. Totally. You know, like both well, you said it. Remember it, like, before the schedule came out, we're like the NFL missed an opportunity. It should have been week yeah. one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, it probably wouldn't get talked about like because, again, Doug's gone. Like there's all those things. But like the Giants are just like it's luck. Earmuffs. We said we said what our expression was on the Giants this year. Earmuffs. Three, two, one. Like fuck out of here with the Giants. Like like this 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 whole idea that they were going to be contenders was always the biggest joke on the face of the planet. You know, like you even I think you picked them to finish last in the division. I did. You were down on the Eagles. So like I, did. I was yeah. I was as down on the Eagles as most coming into the year, and I still thought the Giants were worse. So like, here's my Daniel Jones take. You ooh. ready? Oh 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 yeah! Real quick, real quick, real quick. Let's remind everyone that one of the people on this pod has been saying Daniel Jones is trash and has never wavered, someone else wavered, your opinion, sir. I think Daniel Jones is being dealt a bad hand. Oh. Like, I, I, look, I'm not, look, he's not, again, I have I mean, that interception last night, like, 
I mean, yeah, it was a bad interception, but he's, he's playing got like five of those a week. I mean, every couple of weeks, it's like, oh, we threw it to a, the other team. No one else in the yes. vicinity. That was pretty bad. Who's that remind you of? Who's that remind but, you but, of? Uh, uh, was it? Was he here? Was he? I, I would take Daniel Jones over Carson. Oh, but that, like, I, I, I would not. And and you know where I'm at with Carson. Dude, here's my I'd thing rather with Daniel have Carson Jones. Wentz than Daniel like, Jones. How about that? Da- That's a statement. Daniel Jones is has talent. He just makes bad decisions, but also like. He he plays for a terrible coordinator, a terrible head coach behind a terrible offensive line. Like, I don't think any quarterback could succeed in that. And the other thing I would say is, and to get back to the Joe Judge finger pointing. I mean, if he has I'm good the, skill players, Daniel Jones. Like, legit good skill players. He does, players, but man. he is a terrible, well, he has Kenny Galladay. Like, Saquon's kind of cooked. I think the the rookie receiver they have, whose name's escaping me right Kedarious now. Darius Tony. Yes. I think he's fine, but to me, he's like a slightly better Jalen Rager. Like I, I, I'm not worried about. I think he's significantly better than Jan Rager, but I think that's more a statement of how bad Rager is than anything. But I get your point. Yeah, like I don't think he's like an impact receiver. I guess is my point. He's more of a gadget guy. But but regardless, if I'm the Giants and I'm like ownership, I'm more interested in seeing Daniel Jones with a different head coach than I am seeing Joe Judge with a different quarterback. Like I don't think anybody succeeds. I, I would agree with that, but I, I mean that's because I, I think Joe Judge is the worst head coach in the league. Today. Right, and so that's the point I'm making. Like everyone last night's making fun of Daniel Jones, and it's like, oh, he's the worst, and like how, blah blah blah. And yeah, that's true. Like he played bad. That interception was terrible. He does turn it over too much. But like you can't overlook the situation he's playing in, and none of them are good at their job. But if you put Gettleman. Judge and Daniel Jones, like, and you rank them among like where they rank in their professions. Like, Daniel Jones is the best of the three, in my opinion. Wait, of which three? Say it again. Of- the head coach, quarterback, GM. Yeah, but again, I think that's a a very very small amount of praise. When I, I mean, the GM, yeah, it's not a lot. Of the praise. GM yeah. is flat out the worst in the sport. Like the worst. In and the, the sport. only worst head coach in Joe Judge is probably Ur- Urban Meyer. Meyer. And at least he's accomplished man. things. Yeah. In coaching. Yeah. I mean, David Culley might be worse. I don't know. It's really hard I don't to know, get. Man, he he had I them mean, beating he's... the. Uh, yeah, I know. He's had some bad moments though, like that. Uh, the the not uh, taking the penalty that would have made it fourth down. That yeah, time. I mean, true. he's had a few of those. Like, who knows? I just don't know with David Culley. But I, look, I'm with you. Joe Judge is bottom three, bottom four, without a doubt for me. I might be wrong. I, I actually, honestly, honestly, I think I would take Urban Meyer over him. I, I think I would. I was debating that. I couldn't decide. At least Urban, Urban Meyer's Ma- won at some level. I mean, I think Urban Meyer's a disaster in the NFL, but at least, like, you can believe there is a football genius in there. Like, Joe Judge is yeah. just a blowhard. Like, just a, he's like a, uh, 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 all the I bad agree. parts of Bill Belichick and none of the good. Who would you rather be your head coach, Jonathan Gannon or Joe Judge? <laughs> Jonathan Gannon, Elliot. Oh, I love it. So I, I have the interim <laughs> head coach for the Raiders. I'd rather have Michael Clay as a, 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 a Joe Judge. What is he like? 28? I would. I, I would take Dan Dan Campbell over Joe Judge. Oh yes, I'd take Matt you know Maggie. I would. I'd take Vic Fangio. Like there's a lot of coaches I would take over. Yeah, I'm I'm really with you, man. I think I think he's an embarrassment as a, the, especially the like we've talked about the way he carries himself and the way he acts. I think he's an embarrassment. Like he yeah. really is. Now like, Urban's Mr. an embarrassment tough, too, though. Well, in different ways, yes. But yes, Mr. tough guy Joe Judge is. Such a joke. You, you realize this whole segment means Eagles are definitely losing. I, well, I, I was about to say, it's making me a little nervous. I think we should talk about uh, Here's what I'll say. Eagles-Giants games are always close. Doesn't matter who's yeah. good, who's bad. We've seen it so many. Again, let's all remember the Super Bowl year. It took a 61-yard kick by Jake Elliott to beat the Giants. They won the Super Bowl that year, you know, the Eagles. So, um, mm-hmm. And granted, that was when they started rolling and all that. But even still, like, Eagles-Giants games are always close. I'm not, taking it, I'm not taking it for granted. 
But I do think the Eagles, particularly right now, are just a way better football team, and they know who they are, and they they do things a lot better. Like, if we were talking last week about um, should the Eagles be expected to win that game against the Saints, and I thought that was unfair. That I, I thought I thought they were going to win, as you know, we all remember. I predicted they would win. I was confident going in, uh, but the, I didn't think that it was fair to say they should be expected to win the game. Yeah, they should be expected to win this game. Like, if I agree. We're there. Like, you should expect the Eagles to go into MetLife Stadium this weekend and beat the Giants, flat out. Well, I think for the the test this week isn't the Giants. The test with this week is, like, showing you can be consistent, learning how to win games you're supposed to win. Right, like, which is the Giants are terrible. Yeah, but, like, that's the test. If they lose, it won't be because, like, the Giants are better and actually maybe Joe Judge is a— No, it'll just be because, like, the Eagles have been hot and, like, they cooled off for a week. Yeah, I I think the Eagles are better than the Giants regardless of the outcome on Sunday. But, you know, you need to go in and handle business. And, and we're going to see if they can do that, especially, you know, like you said, consistency, winning a few in a row and all that. All right, uh, uh, Nick Sirianni list. Do you want to get into it? I feel I don't want to force it upon you if you're not. Well, just bring it on. If you want to fight about all it, right. that's fine. I, I So this is the one you tweeted. Did you tweet this or did you text it to me? Because is this the same I, one I, I should? I tweeted it. Okay, so you tweeted it. I think I texted you. I think I saw yes, your tweet. Yes, you texted me. And it. I was like, Elliot, no. <laughs> right. Okay, so here's the, let me go through the list. Here's the premise of the list. If I was hiring a head coach to start my team, like this is the order in which I would hire. So age is somewhat taken into consideration, but with head coaches, it doesn't really matter. But like, and then also resume, right? So some guys have proven failed resumes, so I'm not interested in them. So I would take upside over them. So here was my rankings. I put Bill Belichick one, even though deep in my heart, I would take Andy one, but I think you have to put Belichick one. So Belichick's Belichick. One. Yes. What? Belichick is one. Yes. End of, yeah, end of discussion. Yes. I would. I agreed. I would do it, but it would be begrudgingly because deep down I'd want it to take Andy. But regardless, Bill, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Frank Reich, Kyle Shanahan, and then coming in at number 10, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> so it's funny. First and foremost, Shanahan ahead of him is hilarious. Yeah, I know. From you, Mr. I, that I put to decide when people would be mad at me. But uh, like, I would take Sirianni over Shanahan. Yeah, which but I, I for my list, I had to. Um, I also think I don't think Lafleur has really proved that much. You know, he's done a good job and stuff. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look, we saw him with Jordan Love. They were awful. It was an awful. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe Sirianni's so, higher. So <laughs> I was insane because of Sirianni. <laughs> just talking in general. So I texted you. There were three names that I think it's it's asinine to not have in front of Sirianni. I mean, look, I know he's older. Um, but I think Pete Carroll, I'm, you just have to put him in front of him. For now, Sirianni has to prove more than 11 games that he's going to go ahead of a two-time Super Bowl, one-time winning Super Bowl coach. Yeah, but Pete Carroll's won one playoff game in the last four years with Russell Wilson. I, I still put Pete Carroll ahead of him, and I don't think it's close for me right. now. Well, obviously on the career-wise, um, yes. I think but... Kevin Stefanski absolutely has to be ahead of him. I mean, the guy won a playoff game last year in his first you year. You could convince me into him. I, and and he's a good offensive coach and does smart things. Right. And, and you want to talk about being held back by your quarterback. I mean, geez. And then yeah. I would I would put Sean McDermott out of him, and I'm not totally long term sold on McDermott, but the guy was a you know one of 13 games last year. He's going to make the playoffs again this year. He's going to make the playoffs three years in a row. He's won like two or three playoff games as head coach. Like at a certain point, like you just have to take the resume and say, all right, like Nick is not there yet. Like he might be better and stuff, but you can't put Nick over that personally. Well, so McDermott is because he's a defensive guy, and this is just my opinion. Like, I just wouldn't, I would not I want know, a defensive you, I guy. I think you go too far with that, but I, yeah, I might. But the one you didn't say that I think I probably, that probably actually like definitely deserves to be above Nick is Mike Vrabel. 
Like, oh yeah, very good guy. Really good point. He wins. Like he's winning even without. The, I know they lost to the Texans last week, but like, but even if I give you Vrabel, Carroll, Stefanski, and McDermott, like you would have Sirianni fifteen. No, well then, I mean, we talked about this, but I would still take Brandon Staley over him I, if I were hiring Zach today. Taylor. I would. Nah, I don't think I'd take Zach Taylor, but I would definitely take Brandon Staley over him. Um, just looking through the teams. Flores. Who'd you say? Brian Flores. Oh, you know I love Flores. I, I don't know, though. I mean, they've been a down year, too. They're similar for me. Ron Rivera, you, I think you at least have to mention him in the discussion. Um, I wouldn't, guy. I know you wouldn't. I'm just going right. through. Um, like I don't like Cliff, but he's probably going to win Coach of the Year this year, so I don't know. I guess he you know needs to be mentioned. I like Matt Rule still. I would probably take Matt Rule over Sirianni, but it's close. The point is, for me, Sirianni's a lot closer, but I still need to see more. I mean, again. Yeah, you're betting on upside. Well, and list. again, also, like three weeks ago, Four weeks ago, I was ready to fire Nick Sirianni after a year. Like, and I've changed, and I'm not doing that and all that and stuff. But like, I still, especially because again, like we're giving Nick all this credit, but it is the thing that everyone in the freaking city knew he should be doing. Like, it's not like he had some like revelation and completely changed everything. It was like, oh crap, I should I should run the ball. That's a good idea. And then oh god, and he gets credit again. I have given him credit for it, but it's not like it's all the credit in the world. It's not like oh he's a top coach now. He still has a lot right. to prove. Yeah, he does. I, I and th- part of this list is is betting on that, right? right? Um, of course. I just think like from then until now, Nick checks a lot of boxes of what I would want in a head coach. And again, like I do think he has a bit of an it factor. Like I know, just being you around the guy, like you, you there's love just something him. about. You always him. text me. Elliot will always text me and be and be like, "Man, I, I just I wish you could be in the room with him. I wish you could be in the room with him." Yeah, there's just I mean, I'm, again, like I didn't text you that really about Doug. Like, I, it, no, you did. It's not just you like didn't. being around him. No, like, it's fair. You did. There's just something I, you know, he, the podium Nick is not a fair representation of Nick, and that's his fault too. Like that is his fault. I'm not blame, you know, but it just it's a shame because I wish people could see him in a in a non podium setting. All right. Um, Unless you have something else, I figure I think the nice thing that we could do you you put together a list. It is Thanksgiving yes. coming up, and obviously, happy Thanksgiving to all the wonderful, beautiful, amazing people who listen to this podcast, and all the listeners who call into our show on Saturday, the pod listeners, all that. Like, we love you with all our hearts. Like, I can't yes. say it any better. Like, there's no podcast without you. There's no radio show without you. We do it because of you and for you, and we are eternally, honestly, eternally grateful. I, the thing that I'm most thankful for right now is all of you. Um, but Elliot has has gone a step further and has given me five reasons he's thankful about the Philadelphia Eagles. Elliot, I can't think of a better way to head into the Thanksgiving break than your list of what you're thankful exactly. for with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, and then we can finally just get to Christmas, you know? So, okay. <laughs> you're such a jerk. All right, five things I'm thankful for. The first one. How are we proving me correct? Oh like, you God. know, like there were oh times God. where like, are we, I was going to Are we dating Howie. our fans here? Is that what we're doing with this list? I thought this was supposed to make people I mean, happy. Howie's just looking better and better oh each God. week. So that, that's, I'd say I'm, I'm already regretting for. this list. What's next? The Eagles trading Carson. Like, I'm just so uh, happy we don't have to talk back. about him we're anymore. Back. I'm happy we're to so have to watch him play. We're Sorry, so man. back. I just said we're back. I, I, yeah, we're back. Yeah. Five hated, four love. Um, Number three. Zacher, it's time with the Eagles. I talk about it frequent, but like he's no longer there. He had two touchdowns this week with the Cardinals. I'm happy I got the chance to cover his career. I'm thankful that like I got to watch his whole career here. And Goddard's awesome. He killed it last week. I think we're getting ready to watch another pretty, like, very successful career. But Zacherts' career is definitely something when I think about this season so far that I'm I'm thankful that I got a chance to cover. I love that. Hundred percent with you. Other one. 
we talked talked about this already a little bit, but I'm loving the Giants dumpster fire. Like you know, it got me it got me worked up. Like I said, like I am thankful the Giants are a dumpster me fire. Too. It's tremendous content to watch from afar. The Joe Judge thing's hilarious. Like all those things. And I was thinking about this, how like you you know for you like Dallas sucks, right? Oh, like I do think do for they. a large portion of like my like we're pretty close in age, but you no, know, you're six right, years Elliot. This is a big thing because for I was just old enough to remember those '90s Cowboys and how much the hate was there and how great they were and all that. Whereas for a lot of people, and I think you know, especially when we get like towards like ten years younger, I mean, like thirty and thirty-one and twenty-nine, that age or whatever, the Giants have just been a way bigger, uh, like a way bigger rival of the Eagles during that period of time. They've just been better. Yeah. Yeah, so I think watching them burn has been uh, been amazing. And then, of course, number one, got to be thankful for you, buddy. You're my Aww, new neighbor. We do the buddy. pod together. Going to talk about the Eagles with you, all those good things. Many rooftop drinks in the future. Oh, I'm so excited. So, I'm so excited for the rooftop drinks. Yes. Yeah, so to all the fans that listen, no, I don't want to say fans, all the listeners, obviously very thankful. And I'm thankful I get to do the pod with you, buddy. Me too, man. That is, I couldn't agree more. I, it, it, it's just cool. I mean, it's fun because, like, we kind of got thrown together pod-wise. Like, you got hired right. here and whatever, but it's pretty cool that we ended up being best friends. Like, that actually yeah, it worked like, out. Couldn't like, have worked out better. I know. Exactly. I know. I know. It really did work out. And now you're my neighbor, and it's just uh, it's really awesome. And, and again, just to thank you to everyone who listens to us just, you know, yap at each other. It's uh, it's still it's, it's very humbling for us. Should, uh, <laughs> should we make a pick or no? Sure. Yeah. And we'll be back Saturday, Parks Picks Pod. Um, Saturday show on WIP one to three Thanksgiving weekend. We will be on the air. So check us out then call in and yeah, let's make a pick. Um, I, I feel pretty good about it. I'm, I'm taking the birds. <laughs> They're better than the giants. So three don't and a care. half. I think don't right? care. Don't care. I know. I always say, no, Oh, sure close games, whatever it is. Three. Yeah. I will take them to cover. I'll take them to win. I think they're riding something right now. And, and to be fair, like they have, again, as we talked about for the most part, other than the Carolina games, when they win, they win. You know, they've handled yeah. business. So I, I think they handle business. I do think, too, like in all seriousness, the, the Garrett thing, it's a bit of a wild card just because you don't know what as much to expect. But I also think, like, their team's in disarray. Like, their offensive coach is no is not going to be there, right? So, like, it's going to be a new signal caller, all those things. Like, just getting used to them, I think, benefits the Eagles. The, the defense, like, I think they're 26 in the league against the run. So they're not good. They're not good, good against the run. So the Eagles should be able to run. Excuse me. The Eagles should be able to run it. So I think the Eagles win, to your point. They beat teams they're supposed to, and they do it pretty convincingly, like outside of Carolina, which they really weren't supposed to beat. But, you know, those type of teams, they, they win. So I'll go, like, Eagles Eagles 30. I'll go, like, Eagles 37, Giants 17, Giants 14, something like that. I think I think they play really well. I love that. I, I think they do, too. I think they've found something, you know, and I think it's sustainable. And and if you think about this, which is which is pretty fun to think about, that if on Thanksgiving night it's fun to have games to root about on Thanksgiving night. Like obviously that first game is about as bad as football gets, but but we're rooting hard for the Raiders against Dallas, of course. Uh, so that that's fun. There's no reason to root against the Raiders. There's no NFC. Like it's not like the Vikings versus Dallas, and we're like, ah, oh, what do we want more and all that. Like it's easy. And then right. and then at night the Saints losing does matter. So have you thought about this? That if the Saints lose on Thursday, Elliot. If the Eagles beat the Giants, they will be a playoff team the next morning. Again, unless, I guess, San Francisco and Minnesota could tie, theoretically. But with the Vikings and the Niners playing each other, assuming one of them wins, one of them loses, if the Saints lose on Thursday night and the Eagles win on Sunday, 
We will wake up on Monday. Well, I guess, I don't know if it's Monday night, the, the Niners-Vikings game. But either way, after that Niners-Vikings game, the Eagles could be a playoff team by the end of the weekend. Well, and think about this really quick. Like, it's unlikely. But if the Cowboys lose to the Raiders and the uh-huh. Cardinals, which, right, like, and the Eagles win, like, they control their own destiny. Because oh, if they oh, win man. Week 18, I'm pretty sure they win man. the division. man. Man, man, man. Not going to happen, but I'm just like, for what it's worth, like the, the Cowboys are trending down and the Eagles are trending they up. Sure I don't are. think they're going to win the division. I don't but either, like, but yeah, It's not crazy. If they lose to the Raiders, it's not crazy that they lose to the Cardinals. Like yes. Tyler's probably and back by that point. I don't think they'll lose to the Raiders, so I think this is a moot thing. I, I don't either. The Raiders are falling apart. It's a shame. I wish we were playing the Raiders right now because I actually think the Eagles beat the Raiders right now, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah, they got them in a tough spot. In yeah. But, uh, no, it's it's pretty exciting, man. It's exciting that we're even having these conversations. I thought we were going to be heading into Thanksgiving eulogizing the season already, and we are not. Yeah, talking about draft picks. So, it's a beautiful thing, man. You got any final thoughts? No, I mean, we talked about the move. I'm glad to finally have that off my chest. Um, oh, I have a good question for you. That you. It's probably an easy one to answer. But which do you think is a better role? Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone or Kieran Culkin in Succession? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, a better role, like just the character itself? Like, who, Yes. I mean, well, it's definitely Kieran Culkin then for the role. I mean, I, I mean, Roman is is one of the funniest characters on top. I mean, Roman yeah, is Yeah, he was very good in the last hilarious. one too. No spoilers. I have not he... seen the most recent one. I'm one episode behind. Um, okay. He is just phenomenal. But obviously, I mean, Kevin McAllister is way more iconic. I think. And, right. And, and if you had to pick one, which would you pick? For Home Alone or Succession? You're talking about just period? Like, I'm saying if you could be either Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone in terms ra- of, like, you're an actor and that's on your resume. Well, I, so I'd rather be Roman because, I think because so it means I'm an yeah. adult and I'm successful. But obviously, Home Alone, a much bigger deal. And and if I'm a kid and I want to become a star, that's probably better. Funny thing is, Kieran Culkin in Home Alone as well. Oh, yes. Good point. Didn't I know. think about that. I know. I know he's a little cousin or whatever. The I could be wrong. P- Bed P or whatever it is. Don't they have a brother named Roman? I don't know. I only know those two. I know there are others, but those are the only two I know. Can you spell, so like, uh, uh, can you spell Culkin? Yeah, well, the Culkin's the easy one. That's the C-U-L-K-I-N part. Macaulay's oh, yes, the Macaulay one is tough. I th- Macaulay, I think it's an M-A-C. That's the only, I think it's, is it M-A-C or just M-C? If it's, I think it's M-A-C-A-U-L-E-Y, but I can't remember if there's an that A. Was it. Is that it? Oh, look at that. So they have a brother So they have a good spell. I'm a solid, solid speller. Rory. You are. Yes. R- Rory, Rory Culkin. <laughs> yeah, I love you. you're about to go ah, Macaulay. I'm looking at his picture here. He is... He's got some wide open eyes. <laughs> it is pretty crazy that when you talk about the Culkins that that in the year 2021 that Kieran is absolutely the more famous Culkin now, which is pretty crazy because you know who's had a more successful combined career, the Culkins or the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen twins? Well, because they I have mean, the sister now that's also in that stuff. Well, it's it's definitely the Olsons. I mean, they're billionaires or whatever, like hundred millionaires or whatever. They did amazing. I don't get how they are though. Well, I they, guess they started a the... clothing company or whatever. It's okay. through clothing right. and, and stuff. But also, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is the most famous of all the people we're talking about. So if we're really going to go with that, like, I mean, she's Wanda from WandaVision. I mean, she's like a... Right, you know, but the, and the, the Marvel Olsen twins are probably the most popular and famous of everyone we've discussed. Uh, I don't know. Macaulay Culkin might be more famous than the twins. He might be. Because, I mean, he was the biggest star in the world for a moment, you know? 
True. I'm also with Olsen. Twi- I'm not the world, but like the Olsen twins, a, Full House, is a, all like this American, is a fascinating, Olsen. ridiculous conversation that I'm. So I those are it. my final thoughts. <laughs> those yeah. were some amazing final thoughts. I don't even know how to wrap it up. I'm gonna just say it again. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone yes. who listens to this pod. You are what we're grateful for. We literally could not do this without you. And uh, we'll be back on Saturday, and and hopefully on Sunday, talking about the Eagles being back to 500. And marching their way to the playoffs. It's pretty exciting stuff, man. All right. He's Elliot James. It's an exciting time of the year. Right? Right. And it's the best holiday there is coming up. He's Elliot James. We'll talk to you guys soon.